Welcome to this episode of the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. We are here to do an Ultimate Fighter recap. Last night's episode, it was Catherine Paprocki versus Laura Gallardo. So, Joe, I say this every week, man. I was there. I saw all this shit. <laughs> what, are your, what are your thoughts on the episode, my man? Tell me a little bit about what you're thinking. This is my favorite episode so far. This is the one where I think the the show Ultimate Fighter shines. Okay. You know, it starts off uh, kind of where the last episode left off. Like we knew who they were going to pick. They were going to pick uh, Chantel to fight. And then you have this whole situation of her not being able to uh, to cut weight. And they started off right there. And, and, and she had her moment to shine on the show. And the drama, obviously, which is, you know, a little bit of, of a, a low-hanging fruit for a reality TV show. Um, but she's not going to be able to cut weight. And, and I thought the way that they, they could have managed that versus the way that they did is really interesting because I feel like season two, season three, season four, ultimate fighter, it would have been about like, she didn't try hard enough, you know, or like you got to be like grittier. You know what I mean? Like, like you got to put your body into the ringer. And on this, it was very much like, listen, we're not here to hurt people, but like what we're asking her to do in the timeframe we have to do it is just not safe. And they, and they actually walk through the math a little bit of like, okay, you might wake up later tomorrow, but then you still have 18 pounds, which means you're going to have to burn 13,000 calories a day. Like, I mean, maybe it's possible, but we really don't want to find out just given everything else that you've been through. And I thought that was a really interesting way to give a little bit of a peek behind the curtain of what fighters actually have to deal with, because it isn't just magic that they all make weight. You know, there is science to it. And, and, and it's interesting, too, because a lot of people in, in the real world will say, oh, I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose weight. And it's like, man, you want to lose weight. Go talk to a fighter. You can lose weight real fast. <laughs> we, can, we can get you well, down 10 or 12 pounds overnight. No problem. And, and I'll address this point before I forget it. Um, Chantal and I got to be friends. Mm-hmm. People don't understand fully what she was going through because they kind of glossed over it in the show. Like they mentioned she had a miscarriage, but her body still thought she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. Like she worked hard. She was watching her diet. She was actually gaining weight, Joe. Like it wasn't a thing where it was a, she didn't, she got pulled from the competition, but not because she wasn't trying. Her body literally was at a different point. Yep. And, and I felt like that whole thing was handled very respectfully. Yeah. I don't feel like they, they blamed her or even tried to cast that blame. You know, I feel like the coaches were actually legitimately sad that they had to make that decision. They wanted her to be able to succeed. They wanted her to be able to fight, but it just wasn't going to happen. Yep. And it's just, it's what, like, it's professionalism, right? Yeah. And and it's funny because I don't even think everyone in the house knew what was going on with Chantel. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not like she ran around making excuses and telling everybody, yeah. but like I knew what she was going through. And when I knew that I was like, this is an uphill battle. Yeah. Like, like the whole thing, when it was going down, I remember talking to Zach about it. I was like, dude, she going to make it. He's like, why not? And I'm like, listen, man, there's some medical stuff. When I filled him in, he's like, Oh shit. Okay. And so I'm glad they treated her well Yeah. because they could have buried that. But yep. the reality is, I think she's a brave and courageous person. And like I told her that, that I mean, they, I said it on the show. Yeah, yeah, they showed that that conversation that the two of you had there. It was, it was super touching. I mean, just very, very, like, real. And, and one of the things that I want to touch on about that, that they didn't really show, part of that talk, like the big lesson that I tried to leave her with and talk to her about, because um, she came to me for advice, was like, 
there's a line that they show in the show that this is the only the end if you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And I basically said, this is only the start of your story. This can be a tragedy or it can be a triumph. You get to choose. From now on, what you do will define who you are. This is the beginning point. It's not the end point. It's only the end if you want it to be. And -hmm. you saw the one line. It's only the end if you want it to be. But that's the reality. You know what I mean? And and so for her, it's now going to be, what do you do with this? Mm -hmm. Do you go show the world what a healthy person can do? Or... Do you quit and complain? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, and it's easy to fall into that of like <laughs> just being bitter about it and giving up. You know what I mean? But having having talked with her, like just knowing she's going out and getting it. I mean, she's already getting like fights lined up. Like she's ready to rock. She's ready to do this thing. And that, that to me, I want to see that story unfold. Like I, I, I like I'll tune in next week. What's she up to? You know what I mean? Like I'm going to be following from here on out. So I think sure. the show gave her that opportunity to make that connection with the audience. And I just hope that yep. I'm not alone. I hope that there's a ton of people that are super excited to see what she can actually do, because I think they'll be, you know, when, when they watch her smash the next you know fighter that she goes up against and thinking, man, she could have won that show, you know, like these, these, when, when all the girls that are on this show are, are in the circuit and they're out there fighting and these little matches come up where they get to face each other again, that to me will be super, super interesting. Now they showed a little bit about Brogan. Obviously, yep. she heard her name. Yep. And uh, and then the fight comes up. We get a new person in the house, which again and- was handled really well. Of just like you know, uh, uh, coaches knew who they wanted to get in. They got her in, and then it's like, well, then we get to do a, a rematch or like repick the fight. Uh, which, like you mentioned, for Brogan, perfect timing. Oh, like lifesaver right there. I mean, that would have been a tough, and, and I know a lot of fighters that have had knee injuries. I, hell, I watched a fighter, an Olympic medalist taekwondo fighter, tear his ACL in the ring and still win a fight. So I know it's what, what people are capable of, but man, that's a tough, tough fight at that level to, to, to try to go in there knowing you're wounded and having your opponent know that you're wounded. So I felt a sigh of relief for Brogan in that moment of just like, yeah, what a, I mean, it, not ideal circumstances by any means. You don't want to like gloat at all, but like perfect timing for that to all come down and for, for her coach to be able to repick that fight. And then we got, so she, she kind of dodged the bullet there yep. because her knee injury is pretty serious. Yeah. So she gets a chance. We'll see what's going to happen. Right. Yep. Maybe she heals. Maybe she doesn't, maybe she's out. We don't know. But then we got Catherine Paparaki versus Laura. Yep. So Tell me your thoughts on those two competitors. <laughs> Laura's an animal. I uh, I really enjoyed when they brought her into the show and she was just able to kind of walk right in and just start training. Like she had been waiting for that to happen. Like she was just standing literally outside the door at the training center waiting for the phone call. And it was like, I'm here and I'm ready to work. And I love that. I love that she was focused, that she knew what she was up against. She knew the, the value of the opportunity that she was getting. And just her as a person, she's a very interesting person. Um, you know, family gal, uh, but a serious, serious competitor and knows her strengths and weaknesses. And then you get into Paparaki and she is, for, for lack of a better term, she's a bit of a goof. She's kind of a funny, bubbly, she's got a stutter and she's not shy about it. Uh, and it was entertaining to, I guess, just to, to, to find out about her and also really inspiring to say, I mean, she's got something that's 
a lot of people would take flack for. And she it like doesn't bother her in the least. And I know that wasn't always the case. And she mentions that. And there's some really interesting discussion about just stuttering in general, which is not something that I would tune in. Like if they were like on the next episode of the ultimate fighter, they discuss stuttering in the kitchen, but like it ends up being a really compelling part of the story of like, can this girl, this kind of goofball girl who stutters actually be a good fighter? Yep. And it turns out yeah. she's amazing. They were both fantastic. It was, this was the best fight of the season so far, hands okay. down. Well, I'll say this, Joe. Actually, tell me your thoughts on the fight first, and then I'll sure. give you my two cents about what well, you you said it on the show. Laura's ground game is just too big. She's just she's stronger, you know, walks around a little bit heavier. Um, she's she's gonna take her down, she's gonna do what she did, and that's exactly what happened. And it took her a little time to figure that out, uh, exactly how to do it. I think she was being a little bit overcautious in the first round. Um, Paparaki's tactic was to basically just keep, keep her off. And she used the, you know, this is my lawn and nobody goes on my lawn thing. And I think she did a good job of that in that first round and trying to avoid those takedowns, getting out quick. Don't play that game. Don't play that game. Get back to your feet and just keep picking her off. Yep. But the second round that fell apart and that was the end of it. And then it was just the, the tactics of, can you stall? Can you use the clock? Can you, you know, run out time and waste energy? And Laura was just, she was just too good. Just watching her position, watching how she, uh, uh, you know, got into side control, went in, you know, got into a mount, tried to take her back. Like she was comfortable in that circumstance. And it was a really interesting tactical match to watch one person basically just trying to survive, just trying not to make a mistake and to give an opportunity to another person who's trying to coax the other person into giving them that opportunity. It was a chess match on the ground. It was amazing. Okay, so here's here's my thoughts, Joe. Mm -hmm. And I want to focus on Catherine because she was a really nice person. Yeah. Um, and a really good human being. And I really like the interactions that we had. Mm -hmm. I want to say this about Paparaki. One of the kindest people I've ever met in my life. She was nice to literally every single person in the house. No one had a negative thing to say about that woman. Mm -hmm. um, she's a very loving wife to her husband. She's an incredible mom. Yeah. And, you know, the stuttering thing is interesting because I told her this and we should really have her on the show to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have had somebody like that as a role model growing up. Like yeah. a lot of people, you've heard me speak at seminars. I'm a good speaker. Mm -hmm. yeah. I speak professionally now. But one of the worst things for me that I ever went through was public speaking when I was in elementary school because I used to stutter. And so I would be the person they would have the page in front of me because I couldn't memorize, you know, or I was, it's not that I couldn't memorize. I could, but I was scared and nervous. Yeah. And I would be literally Joe, my, 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 my name is Rob McDonald. And I would, you know, and slow and like not good. Mm -hmm. And then every so often I get a little confidence to get better, but then someone would laugh at me and I go right back yeah. to stuttering. Um, there's the odd time. If you listen carefully on the podcast, I'll stutter a little bit. And it's when I'm talking about stuff I'm maybe not confident about. And for me, it's tied to confidence. Right. And yeah. so it, it was really, really hard for me. And I kind of grew out of it, I guess, as I got older, the more I had a mic put in my face, mm -hmm. the more I had to practice. A lot of people that don't realize this about me. And uh, you're probably listening to this on audio, so you can't see. Um, but I have a phone in front of me. And 
when I started having to get good at Instagram stuff, I had a terrible time talking into the camera. Mm -hmm. I was fine if a camera was on me from the distance with a mic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Actually the selfie style video. I used to be terrible at it. And I've told people this, Joe, I used to actually practice and not post just mm-hmm. practice and not post and practice to try and get rid of the awkwardness. Well, now I'm kind of a pro in it. Like I'm mm-hmm. kind of used to it, but it's really, really hard. Yeah. And so my whole thing with Catherine, like that I really look up to is I love that she shared her story about stuttering because it doesn't define who she is, but it's something a lot of us can relate to. And a lot of us have went through and it's something that I think people can be inspired by to not let stuff like that overcome you. Cause as an adult, people don't necessarily make fun of you, not to your face, Yeah, maybe behind your back. Right. Yeah. But as a kid or as a person like who has confidence issues in, in high school, it's really fucking hard. So I think she's incredibly inspirational from that perspective. And again, she handles herself with kindness. She's kind of goofy and funny. Mm-hmm. Like she's a really good heart. She's a good, she's a good human being. Well, and she echoed exactly what you were saying of just like she couldn't imagine if she would have seen somebody when she was a kid that she could look up to that also stuttered, like how different that might be. And so that was part of her being like, I'm okay with this, because if if I'm going to put myself out there, you know, and if I'm going to be who I am, I just need to own that. And I need to understand that there are kids at home that are going to see this and are going to see it very differently than the self judgment that we pass on ourselves. Here's the other thing. How many adults do you know would go on a show where there's a camera in your face 24 seven knowing they stutter? Like a lot yeah. of people don't have that courage. Yeah. So it's something she lives with every day, but for, for other people, it'd be scary. So I, I want to say that about her. Now in the fighting perspective, I think she's an incredible fighter. Mm-hmm. Now I know I said that Laura's wrestling was going to be too much, but understand that I'm on Laura's team, yeah, right? Yeah. Like I'm, 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 clearly cheering for Laura. But when I watched that fight, one of the big things for me was it seemed Catherine didn't fight her fight. Right. And yeah. I think that's a coaching issue. I, I you here. know, my, my thought immediately after the fight, cause she even, she had said something. I don't remember exactly what the words were, but it sort of struck a bell with me that she was basically her, her whole strategy was not to fight the other girl's fight as opposed to fighting her own fight. Yep. And I think if she would have done that, I think she can beat Laura. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, she, yeah, I mean, she's incredible. super athletic. She could move. Yeah. She had punches for days. Yeah. An incredibly good fighter. Mm-hmm. And I think she got sucked into exactly what you so worried about the takedowns. Yeah. That, do you know what I mean? Because yep. the other side of the coin is if you would have asked me before, like, let's say they worded the question different. What should Laura be worried about? Mm-hmm. I would be worried about Paparaki's standup. I'd be worried about shooting in for a takedown and Laura just imposed her will a little more, but I think that's a yeah. coaching issue. Yeah. Like I think the coaches on the other team could have done a better job prepping Catherine for that fight, or at least having a game plan and not to yeah. criticize them because mm-hmm. they had a great coaching staff. Yeah, they're fun. I mean, just watching them on the show, uh, just where where their strengths are, like what what each, it, it, you know, I mean, everybody knows Nunes, right? Like, <laughs> she's a good coach, though, like watching her coach and when she's in, but like some of the other people in the background, you don't necessarily know who those people all are. Most of the, the folks on the show do. Uh, 
but like you said, not to criticize, they're phenomenal coaching staff, but maybe it just didn't come across, you know, maybe just because the fight sort of happened on short notice that it never came through of like, and by the way, fight your own fight. You know what I mean? So let me give you guys, and you can understand this, Joe, a little insight to behind the scenes. When you're a fighter, you're not just fighting alone. You have a whole camp. Mm-hmm. And a camp is very important to the fighter, who your training partners were, who your coaches were. That's an integral part of your success. When you go on this show, that's all taken away from you. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. You're with people that don't know you and they have what? A few weeks to get to know you. Yeah. If they're, if they're so, lucky, if you're one of the yeah. first fighters, you don't even get that. I can't give away show secrets, Yeah, but I can tell you information that's already out there. There's 12 episodes and there's a fight an episode, which means there's 12 fights. There's 16 competitors, which means there are eight introductory fights. Mm-hmm. If you go look on Instagram and when people were posting about going dark, we were in the house for five weeks, Joe. That's yeah. public knowledge. Yep. So at most, these coaches got five weeks to see you or yeah. deal with you. And if you were one of the earlier fights, like the first eight, it wasn't five weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's not a criticism of the coach's ability. It's right. I don't know how much I could help somebody in only a week. Mm-hmm. In only two weeks, you understand well, and, what I mean. As as a coach, you know, even as, I, I take this especially as like a like a self defense kind of a situation, right? If somebody comes to you and they're like, "Listen, I'm really worried about violence in the world, and I want to be able to to stand on my own two feet. I, I need to learn how to fight, how to avoid fights, how to defend myself, and I've got all the time in the world to learn that. Like, great. Like, we can really kind of take our time." delve into some stuff, get into some psychology, get into some physical training, build some muscle, right? But if somebody comes to you and they're like, hey, I'm taking a trip uh, overseas and I'm going to be in kind of a rough neighborhood um, and I've got four hours on a Saturday, what can you teach me? You're going to take a very, very different approach to how you prep them for that trip, right? Yeah. And, and that's kind of the situation that you're in. You're, you're a, a high-level fighter. You've been chosen to, to coach somebody on this show. And so, yeah, some people like you've got, you know, a very, very short window to try to figure them out, come up with a strategy and to be the support that, like you said, is so important to the fighter versus you've got all the time in the world to really get in and understand strengths and weaknesses and intrinsic versus extrinsic motivations and like how to really get somebody to hear what you're trying to say. It's a difficult, difficult thing. So now imagine all that said, you run the fight back. Mm-hmm. And you allow Catherine to fight, but with the people she's been with for two years. Yeah. Her coaches, her people that know her in and out, her mental state. Maybe that fight goes differently. Mm-hmm. Do you you know what I mean? And and I can't speak to what Amanda was doing, but I can speak to my coaches. One of the things my coaches were very good at were letting us be us. Yeah. We are here to just help you and support you but you go do your thing. And so that's a difference too, mm-hmm. is that they were very guiding, but not overbearing. It didn't try to change who we are. 
Yeah. No time for that. Honestly, like no time for that. You got to go out there and do your thing. Like you got here on your own merits. We're not going to change that game now. I mean, hell, I, I do that. I do that. I just, I coach girls shot put and discus over at the high school and like, we're getting ready to go to a conference meet. Like I'm not going to change somebody's tactics now. You know what I mean? Like we've had all season to work on it. Today is not the day to be giving them brand new coaching cues. Today is the day for you to go do your thing. And I, and again, I'm there to support you. I'm there to cheer for you. And there, if I see you doing something really stupid, I'm going to call you out on it because I know you shouldn't be doing that, but I can't fix something that's broken today. No. And and with that attitude, you're starting to see, let's go over the episodes, Joe. Mm-hmm. Episode one, who fought? It was uh, Zach and Zach, Nile. Uh, yep. Nile. Team Pena, Team Pena, one and oh. Yep. The next one, we had Katniss mm-hmm. and Helen. Katniss pulled it out, but it was tight. Yeah, it was super tight. Split decision. Mm-hmm. Tied 1-1. One, one. Next episode, Mo B. Mitchell. Two and one for Pena. Mm-hmm. The next episode, Laura B. Catherine. Three and one for Pena. And the one that Pena lost was fucking tight, man. Mm-hmm. To me, there's something going on there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, maybe too early. Maybe she's just good out of the gate. And we'll have to wait for the rest of the episodes. Just just saying, it's it's I I can say firsthand, Juliana did a great job in Rick. Rick doesn't get enough credit. Rick's Juliana's coach, and he was mm-hmm. there every step of the way with us. And Wayne Gregory, Luis, Mike Valley, like they did a good job not trying to change us, not trying yeah. to just you go do your thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you're gonna see me. You got to see some of your boy last night, Joe. Yeah, I was very excited. Now, I cannot wait for next week's college. episode. My fight's <laughs> next week. <laughs> I love the setup for it. I love the 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 fact that so you come out like you've got something to prove because you were you were picked last, and you, you mentioned that very clearly in the little little interview thing. Uh, when uh, your, your opponent's speaking, he's not talking about like, oh, I'm not going to kill this guy. I'm going to disrespect him. He was very respectful of you. He's like, you know, this guy, he's a lot older than me. And like, you've got to respect that. But like, I also, I was picked first and he was picked. He, he says towards the end, he's very, very nice about it. But it's like, he's basically saying, I can't lose to the guy I got picked last. Like, I can't, I can't, I'll never live that down. Call you know? me old, so, he, he I hate him. Old. He calls you. I called him I on the phone. <laughs> Fuck you, Roberto. You call me. Actually, I, I can say this because it's like not indeed. I call him up. I go, what the fuck, Eduardo? He goes, what? I go, the best trash talk you can come up with is I'm a little old. He's like, come on, man. I just, I, but I like that. I like that there's a very real motivation behind each fighter going into this fight. And I like the fact that they 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 left it off with the ding, ding, ding. And you guys both going in for a punch like simultaneously and then cut. Like, whose punch lands first? Tune in next week. <laughs> same bad time. Same bad channel. Now, uh, one more one more question, because like this is something we haven't asked. How do you think I've been portrayed so far? Because you know me. Yeah. You know um, me as like a nice guy. You know me as a dickhead. You know me as sarcastic. Uh, you know me as a dad. So, so here, here's husband. my thing, just trying to be as objective as possible. There's a fair amount of you spread out throughout this show. In the very first episode, they give you a little intro. They could have picked anybody. They picked yours which I thought was, it's an interesting choice, right? Because you do have a compelling story of you've been there before. This isn't your first rodeo. And there is something interesting in like, gosh, you're, you are the oldest guy 
ever on this show. Like certain people are going to be, well, I, there's two kinds of people. There are going to be people that just want to watch you get destroyed. And then there's going to be certain people that are really inspired to say like, wow, I mean, this is mostly like 20 year olds going on this show. And then you got this guy who's coming in, like trying to take another swing at it. That's impressive. Here's the beauty of the show. Someone's going to get their wish fulfilled. You might yeah. see me get destroyed. <laughs> you might see me be the destroyer. I don't know. Half the people will be happy. So let's. But but the other part of it is there is the truth to the experience. And so when Eduardo says like, you know, he's a little bit older, like you have to respect that. What he's saying is like, this is a guy who's a mature fighter. He's, he's not in here making rookie mistakes. You know what I mean? Like this is a guy you kind of got to watch out for. He's He's here for the same reasons I'm here, except he's older and wiser. Like there's truth to that. And that is portrayed because like they often will cut to you for like the little brief before the fight. Like, who's this fighter? And you have a certain kind of insight to that based on your experience. And I think it, it makes for good sound bites, but it also yeah. makes the fight interesting because we're trying to watch to see like, does that strategy play out? Is your take accurate? And then so far it has been. And then in addition to that, you have that little scene with Chantel. Or now, like you're 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 mentoring a little bit, like you're you're a sounding board for people, and so not only is your experience there, like it demonstrated that you know what you're talking about, but like you're also willing to reach across and like help people out who are who are facing these struggles, and to be, I mean, I don't want to sound like too big, but it's like a little bit of a beacon in dark times. Like she had a, she had a really rough thing, and she needed to hear exactly what you had to say, and she had to hear it from you. Nobody else in the house could have told her what you told her. And to be honest with you, I went into this with two goals, right? Like to win, mm -hmm. but then to also like be there for other people. You know what I mean? I didn't want drama. I didn't want nonsense. Mm -hmm. I wasn't into team divisions. I wasn't into fucking like, you know what? You need help. I'll help you. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, and I made a career off doing that, Joe. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of like cool for me to get to sit down with Chantal. She came to me. She's like, hey, I don't know what to do. Like this but really To be sucks. fair though, like there, there is heat in the house. You know, I mean, there is a little bit of jaw jack, especially like like when when Mo and Mitch were, were fighting. Like, how, how did you manage that? Like, how, would you just like leave the room? Would you call it out? So I either a leave the room, giggle in the corner, <laughs> or <laughs> that's, like, that's the Bobby Maximus I know. He's over there taking notes. Ooh, that was a good. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, use yeah. that. <laughs> oh, you know what? Like, I I try to stay away from that stuff, Joe. But it's also like I would be the one after that would be like, dude, can you fucking cut this out? Yeah. Like, don't engage. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, Mo, don't engage with them. Just walk mm -hmm. away. Or Mitch, don't engage. Walk away. Like, guys, we all got to live together. Like, mm -hmm. that's more my MO. Right. That's you know the Canadian I mean? in you. Of, oh, sorry. Well, but, but it's, <laughs> It's not even being nice. It's like being functional to mm -hmm. a degree. Like it or not, we have to share a space. Yeah. I'm here 24 hours a day for the next fucking how many days? Well, is, is that different, though, if the loser walks? Because that's how they did it in the past. Like if somebody lost a fight, they were out. Like Get your bags and get out, right? I mean... It is, but it isn't because you still got to deal with the drama while it's happening. Yeah. Like I want my house to be a place of peace, Joe. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't want drama every day. Like I don't want to come home and be fighting with my wife and fighting with my kids and fighting with my neighbor and fighting with you on Zoom and fighting yeah. with my other buddy on the phone. And like, no, man, 
I want some quiet and some peace. You understand what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. well, but again, how, you're training, you're training hard. You want to win a fight. You don't want to also come home and then continue to fight. Like you need that stress relief. Yeah. You need that recovery. And so if we're and, and to paint a picture for you, there could be any given morning where I'm on the couch talking to Claire. Mm-hmm. And then Helen and Katniss are in the kitchen. And then Mo and Mitch are at a tape. Fuck, man. It's like seven in the morning. I'm just yeah. trying to chill. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to relax. And now, and now Mo and fucking Mitch are yelling at each other. And can't, I'm like, oh my God, guys, this is too fucking much. I'm too grown for this shit. Now, now you know what I mean? You've got crew is there, right? Like there's there's camera guys, there's probably sound guys that get producers walking around. Did they ever like like throw stones to try to like get these guys going? Like, hey Mitch, tell, tell, tell him he's a bum. They're like quiet, just in the background, right? They're not they, like 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 across the room, like throwing spit wads and then acting like nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, now nah, they don't interfere. They're they're chilling. But like I said, like I want my house to be a place of peace. Yeah, yeah. And and I always have this thing. And it's probably a good way to end the podcast. It's professional, not personal. Mm-hmm. Like guys, we all do the same thing. We're gonna be in the same room again. Like, does it really need to be this fucking tense? You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like back in the day when you and your girlfriend had mutual friends and then you break up and then you got to go to a party together. And it's like, uh... or like, you know, that there's a guy and a girl that used to date and it ended poorly. And are they going to blow up? And do we have to not invite somebody? Like, just fucking grow up, dude. And like I said, at 43, I'm too old for that shit. So I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> Did you ever say that in the show? Did you ever just go, I'm too old for this shit? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, guys, I'm a 43-year-old fucking man. Why are we doing this? Usually usually while you're holding your back, getting too old for yeah. this. Lethal <laughs> like, weapon style. Like, we've had people on the show. I'm, I'm pretty much good with everybody. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to name names. There were a couple of people I thought that were really like immature, but I just kept my distance. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. Yeah. Well, and, and also, I mean, everyone that we've talked to so far, they seem like at least cool with each other, even in, in with people from different teams, too. It's not like you said, it wasn't like, oh, red team rules, black team rules kind of a thing. It's like, yeah, you, you root for your teams. Like, that's an important part of the show, but it isn't an important part of interpersonal relationships. No, because you can be cool with everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's important. Yeah. This has been a fun episode, Joe. Next week, you get to see me. The recap <laughs> next week is going to be extra fun. And, oh, man. Uh, I, can't, I can't wait. I'm so stoked for this. This is going to be amazing. And you're also coming here for a party. Which is even more exciting. It's going to be so real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most people, they have the party at a bar or their house or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're going to Lame. Traeger headquarters. We're going to have an Iron Chef catering it. We're going to have booze sponsorships. <laughs> Here we go, Joe. Oh, oh man, I can't wait. All right, man. Well, this has been a blast. Hey, everyone, if you like what we do, we don't get paid for this. We don't give you codes. We don't have ads. We don't do the sponsorship thing. You pay us by sharing the episode. Share the episode. Tell all your friends. Get our subscription number. Subscribe. I never tell people that. Subscribe. And we're good to go. Cause you're the last of a dying